Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Before we listen together to today's message, make sure you share it with your friends and family to encourage them during this time. Now, let's join Pastor Dale. Hi, Pastor Dale here. Thanks for joining us for our weekend broadcast during these days. It's a little bit uncertain for all of us as we're facing the coronavirus and so glad that you're a part of this. Hope that you'll share this with other people this weekend. Encourage them to be a part of our webcast as well. I want to talk to you today about a very important word and that word is resilience. You know, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of difficulties and challenging times, we need something uh, that might be referred to as a deep character quality of life. That's the ability to be resilient. Why? Because in uncertain times and difficult times and situations like we're facing right now in our world, we have a tendency to very much be afraid. And I want to talk about that idea of fear and, its, and the relationship of resilience to fear and tie those together and help you to understand how to overcome maybe some of the anxiety that you're feeling in your life right now or maybe at other times in life when you feel like I don't know how to handle what's going on in my life and I'm feeling a bit afraid. First of all, remember that fear is very common. Everybody experiences fear. It's not something that is, is reserved for people who are weak or people who are not spiritual. Even the most spiritual people feel fear at times. I know that there are times in my own life that I feel afraid and we have to learn how to deal with it. We know that this is common because all throughout the pages of the Bible, we find God speaking words to very significant people in very difficult situations and he would often say to them, do not be afraid, fear not. This passage, this phrase is, is repeated time and time again in the Bible. So God reminds us of the fact that we do not need to be afraid. So if someone says, I'm never afraid, nothing ever makes me afraid, they're actually lying. No one goes through life without feeling fear at some point in time. And fear is really something that causes us to, uh, the old phrase is that we, it's the fight or flight syndrome, that when you're afraid, you either want to get aggressive in your life, you tend to want to run away from things. It has a, a lot of negative impacts upon us. So how do we deal with fear? How do we deal with anxiety? How do we deal with all this kind of uncertainty and angst that comes up, not only in times like this, but other times in life? What does the Bible say about this? Now, if I were to ask you, what's the most important thing to have in the face of fear, what would your answer be? I think for a lot of people, they would say, well, you know, you need faith when you're dealing with fear. Certainly, that's true. Some folks will say, well, you need to trust God, which is very similar to faith, but it's just a different word, a little different slant on the word. And absolutely, you and I need to trust God in the midst of our times of fear. Some might say, well, courage, and certainly that's true. And so all three of these, faith and trust and courage, these are very important. But I'm going to draw you to another word today, as I mentioned a moment ago, that I think is equally important, if not, in fact, more important, because this word is what gives you the ability to exercise your faith, to exercise your trust, and to exercise your courage. And that word, again, is resiliency, learning how to be resilient. Now, that might be a new word for some of you. Uh, I want to explain it to you. Maybe you're not quite sure what, what is meant by that word. The basic idea of being resilient is the capacity to bounce back or the capacity to push back. Perhaps the best way I can describe this for you is, is like a basketball or a soccer ball, that when a basketball or a soccer ball hits the ground or hits the court, it bounces back. Why? Because there's something in it that gives it resiliency, gives it the ability to bounce back. And so when things come against us, when we're facing things in life, we need to have a resilient spirit that is something in us that gives us the ability to bounce back against the fear and against the anxiety and against all the kind of angst and worry that we feel at times. And I want to talk today about what this, this, this resilience thing is and how do we develop it and how does it relate to fear, to, to faith and to courage and to trust. You know, the Apostle Paul 
spoke to his son in the faith, Timothy, and, and Timothy was facing some fear in his life, as you're going to see in the passage I'm going to read for you in just a moment. Timothy found himself in a place of fear, and Paul encouraged him to be resilient. Let me take you to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 6 and 7. I'm going to read, uh, first of all, from the New International Version, and then we'll be reading from the, uh, the Passion Translation as well. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 6 and 7. Listen as I read this. For this reason, Paul says, I've got a reason for what I'm about to say to you. For this reason, I remind you, that is, here's a moment to remember something, Timothy. I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And as Paul says, you remember that time that I prayed for you, Timothy, and I, I, I laid my hands on you and prayed for God's power and gift to be in you? Remember that time and remember what that was all about. And then he says this in verse 7, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or afraid, that's the key word there in the Greek language, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Listen now from the, uh, from the Passion Translation. Same verses, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. I'm writing to encourage you, Timothy, to put some courage into you, to fan and deflame, notice that phrase, and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. I want to talk to you for a few moments now, for the next few moments, so listen closely as I share for you, to you and with you four very important lessons that we learn from these two verses. These are tremendous verses. Perhaps you already know them. Perhaps you can certainly quote uh, verse number seven. Many of you can. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. We know those verses, but what do they really mean in your life, and especially what do they mean in times like we're facing today? I believe that these verses point us to having a resilient spirit in circumstances that challenge us and make us afraid. So here are the four things that we'll talk about. Number one, the first thing is you have to realize that there's a battle going on around you. In this passage, we don't know the source of Timothy's fears. Obviously, obvious that he was afraid because Paul is addressing fear. He said, I want to remind you of some things so you'll not have a spirit of fear. We don't really know exactly why Timothy was afraid. But if you read the entire uh, book of 2 Timothy, you'll find that Paul starts addressing lots of different issues that were going on in the church around him and the, that Timothy was overseeing and pastoring the church at Ephesus and all the kind of circumstances he was facing. So it's, it's likely somewhat likely, in fact, maybe significantly likely, that, that Timothy was facing some things externally that were making him very much afraid. And that happens in all of our lives. And it's important to realize that every day we wake up, when we wake up, there are a lot of problems that are staring us in the face, a lot of problems that are shouting at us every day of your life that are coming from the outside. It might be a financial problem, or as we're facing today, a health situation or crisis that we might be facing. There are all kinds of things that come against you as soon as your feet hit the floor every morning problems are coming your way and things that can make you afraid from the outside begin to try to press in upon you and I will tell you that that God is not concerned about you having fear as much as, as he is you you that fear having you and so what happens these, these things come against us and try to press into us and they start taking control of our 
lives. So it's important to know that to recognize that there's a spiritual battle in the world around us and fear is a part of it. Our world is filled up with fear mongers and, and fear peddlers and fear, fear addict, uh, addicts, we might say, and people who are selling fear to us all the time. It's hard to even turn on the television without getting some kind of message of fear coming your way about something that can potentially adversely affect your life. So fear is all around us and it's trying to get in you. And again, the issue is not not whether you have fear, the issue is whether fear has you. Now these voices are screaming at us. They're screaming, it's not just that they're speaking to us, they're screaming at us. They're yelling their message to us, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid, look at this, look at that, see this circumstance. So all these voices are yelling at us, trying to get us to, to give them their, our, our attention. And, and what we have to learn when it comes to things that are coming from the outside toward us is we have to learn how to shut down those voices. We have to become people who don't listen to the voices of fear in our world. Now, how do we do that? We do that by learning to, again, shut down uh, the voices of fear with resilience, with a sense of bouncing back from them and instead begin to operate in faith and trust and courage. You know, the psalmist David wrote about this in Psalm chapter 1. Let me take you to that passage, the first three verses that are so powerful when it comes to knowing how to shut down the wrong voices in your life. Oh, the joys, he says in verse number 1, Psalm 1, 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Let's stop there for a moment. He says you've, you're going to find joy in your life if you, pay, if you learn to shut down the advice of wicked people and you learn to shut down uh, people who are sinners, you learn to shut down the voices of those who are mocking God or trying to make you afraid. That's how you're blessed. That's how you have joy. But that they delight in the law of the Lord and, and meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. And notice that if you want to be a person that prospers in all that you do and to be like a tree that's planted along the riverbanks, there's some voices you've got to shut out of your life. You can't listen to them, okay? You've got to say, no, I'm not listening to that voice. I'm not listening to the voice from the fear mongers. I'm not listening to the voices of those who are, are peddling fear and trying to sell me a fear story. I'm just not going to listen to those folks. I'm not going to listen to that kind of mindset. And that requires resilience. It's a bouncing back. You have to push against that. Again, think about that basketball or that soccer ball. When it hits the ground, there's a force to it, but it bounces back because there's something greater inside of it. So we're, we're talking about this, this thing that happens. There's a battle around us every day. Again, as I said a moment ago, as soon as you wake up in the morning, there are a lot of voices that want to get your attention. But, but make sure you're not listening to the advice of sinners and listening to the voices of mockers and standing around with those who are, who are not in, have, have an attitude of faith toward God. Make the choice to push back those voices. Number two, the second thing. In the midst of our, our, our fears, in the midst of all of our worries and anxieties, we have to realize that sometimes the battle is not outside of us, sometimes the battle is inside of us. Maybe there's not even a lot of voices you're hearing specifically in your life, but the only voice you're hearing is that little voice in your head that's making you afraid. You know, we all have this self-talk thing. We can begin to have these conversations inside of ourselves that create all this worry and insecurity and fear and, 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 and discouragement and despair. I believe that Timothy suffered from a lot of this. And I believe that's one of the reasons that Paul writes to him. It's actually encouraging to me because Timothy was a great man of God and yet he still battled with this stuff. Isn't that good to know? That you don't have to be perfect, uh, but God takes you where you are and he works in your life. And so here's Timothy 
truly a great man of God, a great servant with Paul, but he's still battling with insecurity and a sense of inadequacy at times. He's still dealing maybe with a personality that's a bit prone toward being intimidated and maybe a little bit melancholic in the way he thinks about life. And so this is this guy. He's a, he's a real servant of God, but he's dealing with stuff on the inside of him. See, the biggest battles with fear oftentimes are inside our own head. Not from the voices outside, but from the voices inside of us. The things that we're telling ourselves, the feelings that we allow to take over our lives. I like what was attributed to Mark Twain. He said this, he said, I've suffered many troubles in life, but most of them never happened. You know, many times the troubles we have in life only happen in here instead of out here. He said, I've suffered a lot of things, but actually they weren't real, they just happened inside of me. And so he's reminding us of the recognition of actually what the Bible teaches us. We are very good at generating our own world of fears. We can create them on the inside of ourselves and not even realize it. And I'll tell you something else, as soon as you and I start down that pathway, the devil will jump on. That on, on, on the train with you and he'll begin to feed you thoughts that are very destructive. What if this and what if that and what about that and all these kind of fears that begin to happen inside of us but it's happening again internally. Timothy faced that, you and I are going to face it as well. How do we deal with it? Where's the resiliency? How do we bounce back when our mind is taking us down the wrong track? Well notice what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 10 verses 3 through 5. Paul experienced this as well in his own life, and he teaches us how to deal with it. For though we walk, I'm reading from the New King James Version, by the way. For though we walk in the flesh, of course, that we're just walking naturally in the world. We do not war according to the flesh. We're not going to fight uh, physical battles. This thing that we're dealing with inside of us and even the fear outside of us that tries to come against us, this is not a, a, a worldly thing. This is not a, a, a fleshly battle that we engage in. So he says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, that is what we fight with, our ammunition, are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Now please notice that word. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is anything that has a stronghold on you. Okay? Anything that's trying to, to bring you down or bring you away from your relationship with God. And then he tells us how we cast down, pull down strongholds. In fact, in verse 5, he says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, notice this, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so I will tell you this, and this is true for me, it's true for you as well, that when these thoughts start generating themselves inside of you, you've got to fight back. You can't just let them have their way. You've got to begin to go after them. And resilient people say, you know what? I'm not going to let my mind take me down a pathway that is contrary to the peace of God and contrary to the word of God. No, I'm going to actually take captive these thoughts. In a few moments, I'll tell you how to do that. But the key thing is to understand that there's a pushback when the thoughts begin to, to invade your life. Ephesians 6, 7, he also writes, Paul writes in, Pas in the Passion Translation, it's given to us this way, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. The devil is a liar. And everything the devil will tell you is always opposite to the truth of God's word. And so you need the helmet of salvation. And learning how to put that on, is again, again, we'll describe that in a moment. But to understand the principle that you've got to push back. Resilient people push back when fear comes, whether it's from the outside or the inside. Yes, there's a battle around us and there's a battle inside of us. But let me take you now to the good news. Are you ready for some, for, for some good news today? Here we go. Here's our good news. Number three, there's a gift within you. God has put something in you. Paul writes to Timothy, 
as he is battling fear and intimidation and timidity and anxiety and despair. And Paul writes to him and he says, I want you to know something, Timothy. I want you to know that God has put a gift inside of you. Dear one, I want to tell you today, as a believer in Jesus Christ, this is true not only for Timothy, it was not only true for him, but it's true for you. There's a gift. There are gifts inside of you as a believer that God has given you that will enable you to push back, to have resiliency. Paul picks up his pen. He's in prison. Think about this. Paul is in prison when he writes 2 Timothy. He's sitting in a jail cell in Rome, and he picks up his pen and his parchment, and he begins to write these words to Timothy. Notice again what he says. The NIV reads this way, 2 Timothy, again, we read it a moment ago, verse 1, 6 and 7, for this reason, notice, picture Paul in your mind. He's in prison. He's writing these words. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which, notice this, is in you. The gift is in you through the laying out of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and discipline. God's, uh, Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, if you want to bounce back from this fear, if you want to keep fear from taking you out, you need to stir up the flame of God inside of you. There needs to be a stirring. You need to actively get something going uh, with what's on the inside of you. There's a gift in you. He says, Timothy, there's a different spirit in you than the spirit of fear. It's a different spirit that's seeking now to control you. That's fear. And you have a different spirit inside of you. Stir it up. Fight back. Bounce back. Be resilient with your life. It's true for you and me as well. To be resilient in the face of external and internal fears, we have to remember who we are, who and what is in us. It's not just what is in us, it's who is in us. 1 John 4, 4, listen closely. Dear children, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Can you stop for a moment with me right now and just say a really big hallelujah? Aren't you thankful that the one who's in you is greater than the one that's in the world? Listen to Romans 8, 37 through 39. Knowing all these things, what all things? Well, anything, whether it's a, the coronavirus or it's a situation in your family or a situation in your finances, whatever it is, he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is in you, God's love is toward you, and God's love is in you. There's nothing that can separate you from that. Paul covers about every segment, death, life, angels, demons, present, future, powers, height, depth, anything in all creation. Nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God. So I want to take a moment and just remind you of who and what is in you right now. This is a key part of today's message. Because if you're gonna be resilient, you've gotta know something about the gift that's inside of you as a believer in Jesus Christ. Number one, as I've already said, God is in you. God is living inside of you. God is present in your life. And the Bible says in Hebrews 13, five and six, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? 1 Corinthians 6, 19, you perhaps know it well. Here again, we're reminded that God is in us. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. So God's word is in you, dear one. Notice that today. Be aware of that. God's, God is living inside of you. Number two, God's word is in you. 
Uh, one of the things that helps us to bounce back is to have something in us, obviously, that's greater than the circumstances or fears we're facing. You need some air in your soul, okay? And what the air in your soul is, not only God is in there, but he's given you your, his word. And so his word gives you bounce back power. That when the devil throws a lie at you, you throw God's word right back at him. And that's the key to remember. I was actually reading just recently where Jesus was in the, uh, was in the wilderness being tempted by the, by, the, by the enemy, by the devil, by Satan. And do you know how Jesus overcame? Every time uh, the enemy would come against him, he would say, it is written, it is written. He spoke the word of God right back to the adversary. And so when you get the word in you, you have something that gives you the ability to push back. Do you know God's word? Do you know the promises of God's word? As Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Get the word in you. It gives you something in your soul that gives you the ability to be resilient. The third thing that's in you, a lot of people don't recognize this, but I want you to be reminded of it today. Praise is in you. So you can't have the Holy Spirit inside of you without praise being in you. Remember the last time you heard a great worship song and you couldn't help but sing along with it? Why? Because it was drawing out of you what was in you. The praise that was being sung about pulled praise out of you because praise is in you. You can't be a believer in Jesus without having praise inside of your spirit. And so part of what will help you fight against fear or fight against any fight in any spiritual battle is to begin to praise God, to quote the word of God, declare the word of God and praise God in your life. Praise is a weapon, it is a weapon of our warfare. Uh, there's a song that talks about this is how I fight my battles and perhaps you've heard that song and it's talking about we fight our battles not with fist and not with anger and not with retaliation and not with bitterness and not with all these kind of no we fight our battles with the praise of God we lift him high and we exalt who he is Psalm 32 7 says you are my hiding place you will save me from trouble notice that you are my hiding place you will save me from trouble I sing aloud that's praise I sing aloud of your salvation because you protect me. I think we ought to stop again and say hallelujah because of God putting his praise, being present in us, giving his word to us, and giving us the spirit of praise. Can I share one more with you? God has put inside of you the spirit of prayer. You can pray and prayer makes a difference. And there's a spirit of prayer inside of you because the Holy Spirit lives in you and the Holy Spirit is the intercessor, okay? And so if he lives in you, then you also become an intercessor as well. You can pray your way out of challenges and circumstances and situations. And you've got to believe that prayer makes a difference. Prayer is not just something we do out of just sort of religious ritual. No, we pray because God listens and God answers and God responds. So when you're concerned about something, instead of worrying about it, turn your worry list into a prayer list. That's exactly what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. This is the, the living Bible. Don't worry about anything. Instead, notice this, pray about everything okay not, not don't worry about anything but pray about everything tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers if you do this you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand his peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. So here's how we fight back. We fight back. We push back because God is in us. God does not give us the spirit of fear. No, he is in us. His presence is there. 
He allows us to, to be filled up and to understand his word, his promises. He's put the spirit of praise inside of us and he's given us the ability, the opportunity to pray. And all these things are the ways that we are resilient in the face of fears coming into our lives. Let me share one last thing with you. And this is the end result of all of this, that if you and I, we recognize, yeah, there, there, there are fears that are outside of us that try to get in us and get a hold of us, and there are fears inside of ourselves that we build in our own lives, that the devil builds inside of our own minds. And, and yes, there's a gift within us, but when we exercise this gift, what happens? Well, there are resources that are for you, resources that are released when you and I push back. When you and I become resilient, God responds. See, you, the Bible says, if, if you will draw near to God, Listen, if you will draw near to God, what does God promise? God says, I will then draw near to you. And so when you and I draw near to him, then the result is God draws near to us. And when God comes on the scene working in our lives, resources are always released. Whatever you need will be provided when God is on the scene. See, if, you find, if you're in the midst of a money problem, let's just use this as an example. If you're in the midst of a big money problem in your life and you have a, you have a, a rich uncle that shows up on the scene, chances are, and he loves you, chances are he's going to help you through your, through your financial crisis crisis. That's on the human level. Think about when God shows up in your life, whatever you need, he loves you enough to provide it for you. And so Paul says this again, for God has not given us, New King James now, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, notice this, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That when you and I push back against fear, we push back against the fear that is very real and very common. We all face it, so don't feel guilty about being afraid. Everybody feels it at times, but just don't let fear have you. You might have fear, but don't let fear have you, okay? And so you push back and God says, here's what happens. I'm gonna make sure you experience power and love and a sound mind. Let me conclude by explaining these three things, power, love, and a sound mind. Fear robs you of power. Fear makes you feel weak. It diminishes you. It causes you to feel helpless in the midst of situations. And God says, no, you're not helpless at all. My power is there for you. I promise you that when you realize that I am in you, the spirit of fear has not been given to you. I have been, I've come to you in the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Then you have, a, you have a power that you need to acknowledge. You can stand up and say, let the weak say, I am strong. And re realize that as you push back against fear, God will remind you and God will be there to empower you to stand strong in that kind of faith. So that's power. Say, let the weak say, I'm strong, God is with me. I've got power inside of me. He's gonna get me through this. And then number two, he provides love for you. That's a resource. Now, why is that important? Because actually one of the opposites of fear, most people think that the opposite of fear is, is hate. And, and yes, it is at some level. But the Bible also says that the opposite of fear is also, uh, excuse me, the opposite of fear, the opposite of love is oftentimes hate. Um, let me correct that for you. Uh, and fear produces a lack of love in our lives. And the Bible says that perfect love drives out fear. Very clear in scripture that perfect love drives out fear. That's really the point I wanna make for you. And so love really is the an ability, when we love, we are able to actually overcome fear. What fear does to you is fear robs you of love because fear makes you selfish. It makes you self-centered. Think about when you get afraid, who are you thinking about? You're not thinking about anybody else but you, okay? You're thinking about how can I survive? And you pull yourself in. You begin to kind of live a very uh, self-centered life. But when you realize, no, no, I'm not afraid, then you, then you can continue with loving actions toward other people. You don't let fear make you self-centered and, and, and self-focused. No, you still outreach to others. So I know I kind of maybe confused you in some of that. Hope you'll track through me with, the, with that because it's a resource. So fear, 
uh, drives away from us power. God says you've given, been given power. Fear takes love from us. God says when you push back against it, love will return to your life. And then he says you have a sound mind. This is pretty clear here because when you're afraid, you don't make good decisions, do you? Anytime you're afraid, you make dumb decisions, okay? In fact, what I've learned over life is this, desperate people do dumb things, always. Desperate people always do dumb things. And so the, the less desperate and fearful we become, the more wise we will be in the decisions that we make. So actually, spiritual resilience, pushing back against fear, helps you to chill out all the panic in your life and to kind of dumb down, dial down the, 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 the drama in your life, and it makes you uh, capable of making sensible, wise decisions because you're in a calm place and a place of peace. So when fear comes your way, what do you need to do? Realize there's a gift inside of me. God is in me. His word is in me. His praise is in me. I have the ability to pray. There's something I can use against fear and realize that that will help you to overcome and conquer whatever you're facing in your life. I'm so glad again that you've been a part of today's broadcast, our time together. And I just want to take a moment right now and pray for you and pray that whatever you're feeling, your fear might be related to the, to the health situation we're facing right now. It might be related to a family member you're concerned about. It might be a financial fear that you have. It could be all kinds of things. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's coming from around you or coming from inside of you. But I know this, God has not given you the spirit of fear. Would you join me as we pray right now? Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have today to begin to, uh, to re be reminded of, of the fact that you've not given us the spirit of fear. And I thank you that you've promised us, you promised Timothy, you reminded us today of that reality. And Lord, whether they're fears coming from outside of us that are pressing upon us or fears that have been generated inside our own lives, lies of the adversary that have been effect affecting us and afflicting us, I pray today that, Lord God, that you'll help us to have a, a spirit of resilience, God, that will allow us to rise in faith and rise in trust and rise in courage and to realize that, Lord, we haven't been given the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Help us to exercise our, our faith knowing that you are with us. Help us to exercise our faith by getting the word inside of us and holding uh, fast to that word, claiming your promises. Help us to exercise our spirit of praise and to worship you and praise you and thank you. And God, I pray that you'd help us also to exercise prayer, that we would not worry about anything, but instead we would pray about everything, knowing that you hear and you answer. Lord, thank you for bringing peace to our hearts and our lives today in Jesus' name. I want to ask each of you that are watching today to remain with your eyes closed just for the next few moments as I talk to those who perhaps today have never invited Jesus into their lives. If you've never invited Jesus in your life, that's the most important decision that you can make in your life today. We've talked about all the elements of how to deal with fear, but really God has to be in you for this very message to work in your life. You need a relationship with God. So you might ask, what does it mean to have Jesus in your life? Let me describe it just for a moment. First of all, we have to acknowledge that we're sinners and we're away from God. The Bible says that all have sinned and all have fallen short of God's glory. And that means that everybody's a sinner, that we've sinned against God. And because we've sinned against God, we deserve to be judged by God. We deserve punishment. Anytime uh, anyone's a lawbreaker, there's a sense of a judgment that comes our way, potentially in the, in the human realm, but certainly from God. He's the just God and he's the righteous God. He, that we deserve to be punished when we sin against him. But here's the good news. It's found in John 3, 16. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God loved you so much and me so much that even though we were sinners, he sent his very own son to die on the cross to actually take our punishment for us. We deserve to be punished by God, but actually Jesus, God took 
our punishment and put it on Jesus. Isn't that amazing to think about? And then Jesus rose from the grave and he gave, proving that in fact he was the son of God. In fact, nothing, death could not hold him. And so he's the victorious savior. He proved that he was who he said he was by rising from the grave. And now he comes into our lives and he knocks on the door of our hearts and he says, I want to come into your life. I want, to, I want you to experience the beauty of forgiveness and the beauty of salvation, the beauty of a relationship with God. I'll be your bridge to a relationship with God. And so what we do, we have to make a choice to respond. When Jesus comes knocking on the door of our heart, we choose whether we will invite him in or not. And there's some of you watching today that you have never invited Jesus Christ into your life. And today is your day. This is your moment right now. The Holy Spirit is already tugging on your heart, that thing you feel inside. As I'm even talking right now, that's God drawing you to himself. And the right answer to him today is yes. It's not, I'll do it later. It's not, no, the right answer for you today is yes. Yes, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life. Now, how do you do that? I'm going to lead you in a prayer right where you are. Wherever you are, you might be at home, you might be in a coffee shop somewhere. I'm not sure where you are today, but where you are doesn't matter. God sees you right where you are. And you can simply pray this prayer. You can pray it out loud. You can whisper it. The key thing is not so much the, the mechanics of the prayer. It's the sincerity of your heart to God. So if you want Jesus in your life, you've never invited him in, would you pray with me right now? Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Just whisper these words right where you are or speak them out if you'd like to do so. You start by simply acknowledging Jesus. Just, just mention his name, Jesus. Speak out him, that name to him. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Pray this prayer. I know that I'm a sinner. And God, I'm sorry for all the things that I've done wrong. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Go ahead and tell him that right now. Own up to that in your life. Now whisper or declare this prayer. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the son of God and I believe you're the savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for me and I believe that you rose from the grave. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you're the son of God. Now whisper a prayer something like this or declare it right now. Lord, today, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me for all of my sins. Today, I turn my life over to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you so much for those today that have prayed that prayer. Lord, I'm believing that uh, all throughout this area, Lord, all throughout those that are watching, maybe even around the world, that somebody today has given their heart and life to you. Perhaps many today have given their hearts and lives to you. And I pray for that person right now. I pray you'll help them to grow in you and to discover the joy of living for you every day. And I pray you'll continue to help them to be all that you call them to be. Give them peace and assurance that you now have come into their lives. Help them grow and follow you faithfully for the, for, from the, for the days of coming. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. I want to invite all of us to rejoice together right where you are, wherever you're in your home or wherever you might be. Let's rejoice and thank God for those who've given their lives to Jesus. If you just prayed that prayer with me, here's what I want you to do. Here's your next step. Uh, somewhere on that website, there's a little thumbs up or a little button that says, I prayed with the pastor. I want you to click that right now. Go ahead and click it. Say, yep, I prayed with the pastor. And what we're going to do is make sure that you get a resource. We're not going to bug you, irritate your life in any way. We want to get you a resource to you. That's all we want to do is get a resource to you that will help you now grow. We have a little book called A New You. 
And I knew you just gives you a little pathway. It's a very simple little book that'll give you a pathway to know how to get started in your relationship with Jesus. You now are starting something new in your life. You need some help to know how to move forward effectively. And so that's our gift to you. Click that button, uh, get that little gift in your hand. Make sure that you get started walking with Jesus every day. Read your Bible, pray, get around Christians that are following Jesus and love the Bible and love God and you'll start growing in your life as well. Again, I want to thank you for being a part of today's broadcast. A little different than the normal weekend, but you know what? We're not stopping the presentation of God's Word. We're glad that you're a part of it. Uh, we'll continue to provide you updates over the next several weeks as we're trying to go through this time together and paying attention to what the officials are telling us regarding this virus and how to respond effectively to it. So stay update, updated on our website. Again, I pray that you'll have an amazing day. I'm going to pronounce a blessing upon you. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you this wonderful thing called peace, the shalom of God. And I declare that in your life today, in Jesus' name.